Welcome back to Don't Cast and Drive. This is your speaker person, sometimes V, and I have the honor to have Mark Cooper with me here at Mad West. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for flying or driving or what? How did you get here from Detroit? <laughs> no, 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 I, I definitely flew for sure. <laughs> no road trips, huh? No, not today. All right. Well, um, tell me a little bit about yourself. I, I know you're here at Mag West. You're having a good time, but this is not your first convention. So kind of tell me about what uh, your your music history has been like for you. Well, personally, um, like I said, I am Mark Cooper. And um, I'm actually on the first time I ever did it. It's called the Power Tour. It's my first tour ever. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I've been from cons doing things from in Detroit. I've done Yumacon this year. I've also did BlurredCon with Nightwing. I've um, headlined at Liberty City Anime Con in Times Square, and uh, I've done very, you know, various different shows in Michigan. Uh, Nerdvana, which is the event in Holland, Michigan, I headlined that, and I've just been across the globe each time. It's first time here doing this and doing what I can. First time in California? Um, no. Um, I actually lived in California in 2010 and 12. Okay. I worked for Disney for six years. Oh, nice, nice. And what was your role in Disney? Uh, I worked as a, for the college program internship. Nice, nice. And was a campus recruiter for the college back home, so yeah. Awesome. So it sounds like you've done a lot of like mentor work for a while. What was that like for you? Well, to be honest, it's actually great. Once you see that you make an opportunity, it's very great to give somebody else that same opportunity to better themselves. Mm-hmm. So when you, you know, when one person teaches another person, they gives a, you know, a positive feedback so people can really, you know, reap the benefits of finding somebody positive and moving positive moves. What do you feel like was your most, like, you know, impactful instance when working with others who need that guidance? Um, probably my most impactful instance is... Um, when an individual that was in the park, it was actually an interesting story. Um, mm-hmm. um, I was able to save somebody's life at the park. Oh, yeah. Um, what happened? Person had a breathing machine. The breathing machine quit. It was the middle of lunch rush, mm-hmm. and uh, couldn't find a plug or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Asked managers and all that. They kind of didn't bat an eye about it. The machine wasn't working. She was hyperventilating and everything. Mm-hmm. I was able to find a plug in time and save her life. Awesome. Wow, you're you're a real-time superhero. Thank you for that. I try every now and then. <laughs> was it like a lot of like quick thinking and like all Oh, yeah, that definite, stuff? definite quick thinking, a lot of asking and uh, making things happen. Because with machines like that from Disney, so it was supposed to be like an hour, mm-hmm. but it only was charged for 15 minutes. Okay. So they were going through the park trying to find a place where they could be able to play Mm-hmm. And machines like that take three to four minutes. So think about somebody who can't breathe has to mm-hmm. wait for the machine. To Did you so like with working in the park? I'm sure you had to have like CPR training and all that stuff. And that usually with like machines, like there's not really formal training for that. You just had to make sure you're like exactly. Um, yeah. So um, tell me more about. Uh, you know some of the producer work that you do i know you mentioned that, that that's what you usually do uh, outside of like you know doing your tours yeah so i want to get into that well i'll actually make it a funny story started in 2004 mm-hmm. um back in detroit me and mike posner were in the same high school nice so of course wow. there was you know back and forth about who was better and things like that but um you know one to skip a few went to college 
got a little bit back into beats, but I didn't take it really serious until 2009. Mm -hmm. That was around the era when I was playing MLG for Halo 3. Okay. When I was playing competitive then, and that was when I kind of didn't know there was ever a genre for nerdcore, but I did make a Halo rap that made on Bungie.net for a second and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, After that, I kind of deteriorated away from the hip-hop rapping portion because if you're in Detroit and you're not rapping about the same things, they're not going to take you serious. Yeah. So me and uh, my best friend Blizz, we decided to get into the producer battles. Okay. So they're just like rap battles but for producers. Mm-hmm. One on one side, one on the other. There's a minute and then the crowd judges who wins. Mm-hmm. So eventually, you know, me and my best friend or whatever, we got really serious mm-hmm. to the point that we were traveling state to state beating other producers. Okay. Like uh, I Standers, Beast of the Beast, Battle of the Beat Makers in Toronto. We've been to all of those and placed at least top 15. Oh, awesome. So it's really, you know, how in the production of my life and you know my line of life came from and mm-hmm. then once that happened i started producing for many different other artists and mm-hmm. other things including mega ram with a couple tracks as well nice yeah wow congratulations yeah, um yeah like like i was saying earlier just you seem so like like how you talk to like it's just you just seem super methodical and like your demeanor i feel like takes you like a really long way because you're like very calm and collected yeah um so how did you learn to kind of have that type of zen about yourself you know to be honest um my major in college was marketing and business and my dad's always done that since i was a kid so i followed his footsteps when it came to things um i was in a family full of educators okay so my aunt was a you know a historian you know Mm -hmm. like did history at uh cast tech and, um, you know, my mom and everybody were just really saying, like, you don't say yeah, you say yes. And it's mm-hmm. they're really um, Southern hospitality because mm-hmm. they're really originating from Mississippi. So it's one right. of those things where it's being respectable and, you right. know, being respectful at all times. But it's also understanding that when you speak to individuals, you speak to them in a high level of respect, but you explain it in a way where you're not offending or you're not. Uh, belittling anybody else Mm -hmm. because there's are individuals who could talk like me Mm -hmm. and talk in really big languages but they can be really offensive by saying Mm -hmm. oh you don't understand what I'm saying and Mm -hmm. that's not what it is people take language in a different form and Mm -hmm. you have to figure out a way to persuade that Mm -hmm. and by me combining those together that's why I do music today wow yeah do you feel um like a conflict of like regional um I would say how people kind of like speak to each other like you know so for example if you're if you got your foundational of like how you speak to people from mississippi which actually fun fact my grandmother's from mississippi as well oh nice yeah she's from i believe the family's from like Cowan's county gotcha. uh, and then we moved to california mm. so it there is a foundation from like my grandmother and my mom who have that um making sure that there's a lot of respect and like a lot of like you know gentleness with like coming off with the voice exactly but also there is a lot of california style like (laughs) so have you ever what maybe i guess my question is then uh have you ever felt a weird uh i guess friction with like how you approach the way that you talk to people with other people and like oh yeah i mean it's it's definitely that i mean like I never lived in Mississippi. My whole family moved up there maybe in the 70s or the 80s. So I never got that actual portion, but I, you know, can hear the twang and things like that. Mm -hmm. But of course I get my, you know, 
you're African-American, you may speak a little too proper to be able to fit in with certain individuals. Mm -hmm. Like, we always run into that. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, being well-educated but not talking in the same form as anybody else can be, Mm -hmm. you know, as culture shock as it is. Mm -hmm. And, um, of course, I've already ran into, you know, you... You definitely sound white because you sound well educated and things mm-hmm. like that. And we already know those stigmas. Like we see yeah. that in college, we see that everywhere. It happens. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's the trend of being accepted. Mm-hmm. And once you get over that particular aspect, I mean, the sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's you know, it's better to. It's just like us being nerds. It's, it's mm-hmm. in the same. It's in the same paragraph when it mm-hmm. comes to that kind of thing. So the best way to do it is just. Literally follow what you do. Mm-hmm. You already know you're in your good mind, positive mm-hmm. manifestation, and move forward. Yeah. No, I like it. Um, okay. And then tell me more about how you got to start touring, um, like, touring, like, you know, with um, Otaku Gang, uh, kind of getting linked up with them. I know the guy who run, who kind of fathered Otaku Gang is uh, Richie Branson. Yes. Um, so he's kind of, like, up in the ranks with Mega Ran when it comes to Nerdcore. So how did you get in on that? Well, to be honest, uh, I knew a mutual friend that, uh, you know, is kind of not affiliated with them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I met them through uh, Umicon from Detroit because okay. I wanted to get on the show for the first time. That was 2017. Mm-hmm. And then they were saying it was OG. I'm like, it was OG. Mm-hmm. Then they said it's Richie Branson, Cadet's Flow, and all those individuals. Mm-hmm. So long story short, I guess Nightwing found my artist that I managed, Crimson Alchemist, mm-hmm. and all those kind of things. Like, oh, they rap Nerdcore too, and then they do this whole niche of it because 2017 was the first time that you know i dipped into actual nerdcore Mm -hmm. because in uh 2015 Mm -hmm. i ran to ran at shuttercon Mm -hmm. and i've never seen an artist or anything like that before doing any kind of tracks like that Mm -hmm. so i asked him you know you know short short term i was like you know i tried this nerdcore stuff six you know back in 2009 Mm -hmm. and i was like um you know, if I decided to do Nerdcore and really actually jump into it, would you support it? And, mm-hmm. of course, every superstar artist would be like, yeah, man, of course, yeah, follow your dreams, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But but it took me two years to be able to come up with the concept of what I wanted to do. Okay. So once I was able to do that and then people were seeing things I was doing, mm-hmm. um, I found out about Taco Gang and I was like, you know, it'd be cool to join a collective of individuals like that. Mm-hmm. Talked to Nightwing about it. You know, we did a couple tracks and people probably tested me to see if I was something serious or not. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, got right into it, and then after that, we just became, you know, really cool. Nice. So when he had opportunities and things like that, he's like, I gave it to everybody else, but nobody really wants to move. Mm-hmm. So he marked want this. I said, it's not it's not even a question. Mm-hmm. So I was right there, blur count, ready for it. Nice. And then it went from there. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I... I... I heard about Otaku Gang a while ago, and I knew uh, one of the producers for uh, AO Lyrical was one of the guys, and uh, the rap nerd who's a local DJ in the Bay Area. He he said, "Oh yeah, if you need a, if you need help with like producing, and I'm not available, like AO's your guy." And then I talked to AO, and they said Otaku Gang, and there's like this huge nod with Richie. So I I I kind of looked into it and just seeing like what the whole collective was about, and I really like the fact that first of all. I, I was actually talking to Nightwing about it, how the whole genre of nerdcore, it's so tight, like everyone's so tight with each other. And from what I noticed for the most part, that we all just want to find the best interest for each other. Every time. Yeah. And so we really try to make an effort 
and making sure that like we support each other we bring each other up like whenever there's like a tour we try to contact you it's like hey do you want in on this you know and i really like the teamwork that has been going on from what i noticed the past few years and then also how seen everybody is so i really think that how nerd the direction of nerdcore is going in a great direction i think um i do too yeah. Um, I also want to point out that earlier you were on a panel with uh, with me as well as um, with the rap nerd and a bunch of other Bay Area um, artists about uh, the about diversity and inclusion, um, and it was in dedication to the late Kian Robertson, who is the host of All Podcasts Matter. So I know you sat in on it last minute, which I do thank you for oh, yeah. um, for representing. Um, you know, the side about being a blurred and being um, being an artist and black mental health. Um, so what are your impressions um, regarding the subject matter when that's talked about, if you don't mind? Like what are my thoughts about it? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's actually, um, it's pretty simple. I'm all for it when it comes to being able to understand about the situations when it comes to diversity, when it comes to, you know, honestly an african-american being accepted in a culture Mm -hmm. in a nerd culture Mm -hmm. because at the same time as many obstacles that african-americans and other minorities go through in the regular world Mm -hmm. nerds particularly have a hard time in itself Mm -hmm. it's it's weird it's like um it's like think about it like this you already got your jocks and everything your nerds and stuff right Mm -hmm. your nerds are here but mm-hmm. then later it turns into a subgenre, as in what kind of nerds are there? Mm-hmm. You know I mean, they're, they're your comic book nerds, then you got your chess club nerds, yeah. and you got your collectors. You know what I mean? And, it, and now, since we're in 2019, now the trend is nostalgia. So people like to relive what mm-hmm. they did as kids. That's mm-hmm. what the millennials and all of us are like now. So with that being said, in this era, African-Americans feel more comfortable mm-hmm. being who they are. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not to say it, it is actually interesting, but the LBGT community mm-hmm. actually uprung that to make it okay. If mm-hmm. they can make a, you know, if they can make a stand about how they are as gender, sexual orientation, what they want to be, mm-hmm. what is it with a black nerd that likes stuff? Mm-hmm. What's the problem with that? Mm-hmm. And then that's where the culture started to make a turn. Mm-hmm. And that's really thanks to the technology, thanks to the internet, mm-hmm. and just allowing people to actually have an individualism yeah. within. So since they have that individualism and they want to do what they want to do, it's helped out the situation a lot. Yeah. But since in nerd culture is something that's brand new, mm-hmm. just like how it is with orientation and things like that, there still will always be challenges. Mm-hmm. And the best way to do that is that we just got to remember, you know what I mean? like a lot of racism and all that stuff that was only 50 60 years ago yeah so it's gonna take time for it to really be you know really gel Mm -hmm. but it's really great that now you know you know minority based nerds could come together and be like hey i like the stuff that you do i don't care if you're asian i don't care if you're white i don't care if you're black Mm -hmm. but if everybody has that concept saying look i like star wars and i don't see no orientation, no color, no anything. And Mm -hmm. that's something that's big right now. Yeah. 
yeah no just making sure that there is the variety um within media obviously it's really important um especially and then also it's in reflectance of like when you go to conventions like star trek conventions star wars uh, conventions anime conventions um i've really been digging the whole um lately like a lot of especially on like instagram and twitter there's been a push for like hashtagging like black black cosplayers here or um i'm a blurred or like you know people posting pictures of what they do on a daily basis but associate what their interests are without making it feel like it's they have to belong in the stereotype um and it's really amazing that i'm seeing a, a better ownership of transcending past the stereotype exactly um because a lot of the times you know i sometimes like back before it was becoming more aware and again like the internet age has like been a blessing for a lot of us yes it has. um because of the build the buildup of awareness but you know back in like 2009 when i'm like senior in high school like everyone's going like oh this is my black friend you know or like hey can you do that thing that black people do like yeah. it's like it's very insensitive it's like well you're not asking me i'm not asking you to make a stroganoff for me exactly. whitey you know like just exactly. some... <laughs> so um really none of that but yeah but yeah and then also you know back when I was like in high school like harnessing my interest in anime like not only that I felt some conflict with you know like the main people at in high school and I'm saying main as in like those who weren't interested in that um and who wanted to harness like a normal lifestyle and I'm saying that very like generally and uh superficially exactly um but when I wanted anime or like when I wanted to watch anime or express that I liked anime, there was pushback from those people who were like, oh, that's fucking weird. Oh, excuse my language. Oh, my bad. This is my podcast. Who am I? <laughs> and then um, the opposite side where if I go home, which I did work, grow up in like uh, the like what we called our version of the projects, uh, where if I showed that I'm a little bit nerdy, it was like what are you doing so it was like a weird in-between state that i felt really alone in for a while which a lot of us did but we didn't know that until much later when there was better access with technology and we were able to showcase that and so and it took like one person to show ownership and then it just like the ripple effect was strong so i really i'm like really on board with you about like how tech like how technology and how the internet or became a trend and became a trend yeah um so I guess just kind of going into uh, some of your projects. What are some projects that you want to kind of talk about, if you don't mind <laughs> asking? No, no, man. Uh, it's <laughs> fine. I actually, it's very interesting. Um, so far, I have two albums out, mm-hmm. and it's an Iron Player one, which is the first one, and then it actually continuations in the AllSpark. Mm-hmm. And uh, long story short, not to leave so much from the album. Sure. Um, I actually get trapped in a video game, and the video game is called Nerdcore. Okay. And one of the main villains in it is called Major, Major Label. Mm-hmm. And it basically uh, puts me in a box of, as a person being like, nobody wants to hear nerd things and things like that mm-hmm. as an artist. And I'm coming from Detroit. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely not anything whatsoever at all. Mm-hmm. I admit in that Detroit scene mm-hmm. when it comes to that. And um, what happens is they say, I will have to go get the AllSpark. What well, the AllSpark is, mm-hmm. my club. Okay. Because the thing is, what makes it interesting is that this glove particularly they never came out with a left-handed one and i'm left-handed so with no pun intended i feel left out <laughs> but the i way love I, it <laughs> but the way i do it is um i'm able to 
I'm, I'm, not, I'm in a game, so I'm not talking to anybody I know personally. Mm -hmm. But the, what I did is I made it so I have a person that's an AI. Her name is Sabrina. Mm -hmm. And the way I do that is I, um, I'm able to use my glove to mm -hmm. talk to childhood heroes and things for advice. So I got like Optimus Prime and I got the voice of Goku and then, mm -hmm. you know, a whole bunch of other people to actually guide me through, mm -hmm. you know, through the process. Because at the end of the day, you're kind of by yourself. Mm -hmm. And that also brings in the alias of Player One. Because okay. I go by the name Mark Cooper when I rap, mm -hmm. but I go by Player One because I don't have a name yet. Okay. So that's what I kind of bring the facade. So when they say the Player One, I'm mm -hmm. pretending that I am somebody that's already bigger than what it is. Mm -hmm. But in reality, I'm Mark Cooper. Okay. And that's the alias to go by. Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, usually when there's uh, when artists like have a vision of how they want to identify. It's more direct, like exactly. Megaran, Mega Man, uh, who who else? Uh, like you know, Samus, Samus right? Uh, and then there's Jean Grey, yep. right? So, but these are like characters that are like direct, where you are just more of a like a more ambiguous uh, figure, but it's very uh, symbolic. Yeah. Um, no, that's awesome. So, ha I know that you're here at MagWest as part of your tour. Do you have any more tour dates left, or do you to, have another one coming up? To be honest, uh, this is the end of it. This is the last portion, the anchor of it, because later on it'll be Yumacon, but I don't let it as part of the tour or whatever, because that's my hometown. Okay. So, I'm like hometown hero today. I just come home. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, the return home, the home stretch. <laughs> that's the best way to go. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I... Can let people know uh, how they can find you, like how they can find your uh, your projects and whatnot. Sure. Best way you can follow me is uh, it's Mark Cooper. So it's I T S Mark Cooper. Mm -hmm. uh, anything on Google and everything, you'll find everything you need to know. Mm -hmm. um, also have a website which is itsmarkcooper.com, mm -hmm. and all my hashtags and everything is at itsmarkcooper. So it works out. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, so again, here I have is Mark Cooper with me. This is Don't Cast and Drive. This is your speaker person, Sometimes V, and we're out.